Welcome to The Talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. And now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. Our Father, our Father, our Father, our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth, on earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us. But deliver us. But deliver us. Deliver us from the evil one. Revolution Church, how are we doing today? Yeah, all right. It's a little early, it's all right. We lost an hour of sleep, right? Well, good morning. I am so glad to be with you guys. I am uh, Nate. If we've not had the opportunity to meet, I'm one of the pastors here at Revolution. And I am so glad that you are here with us today. You braved the earlier morning. You got up, you got ready. Maybe you're checking us out online. Either way, I am glad you are here at Revolution, where we're all about helping people find Jesus and live like him. And, And no matter where you're at in your journey today, your journey of life, whether you've maybe been a follower of Jesus for a long time or you're just exploring this church thing uh, for the first time. Maybe you're watching online because someone like tagged you in a video and you're just like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm checking it out. I'm glad you're here because at Revolution, we believe we're better together in figuring out this thing called life as we walk through. And so no matter where you're at, if you're not sure why you're awake right now because of the time change, if you're one of the people like me who wore shorts this week, or if you're one of the people that think we're crazy, either way, I'm glad you're here today. And I want to give a special, special shout out to our friends from the work release facility uh, that have been joining us online from a variety of locations. Um, Man, so honored to have you guys with us. We say at Revolution all the time that Sundays are a party where the family gets together, and we are just honored and excited to have you guys as part of the family. So proud of the work you guys are doing, exemplifying, serving the church, the community, and beyond. Uh, So welcome. Thank you. So awesome to have you all with us. And we're in this theme called Pray Like This, and we're we're a few weeks in, and we've been studying this framework called the Lord's Prayer that Jesus uh, shares with his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, and... um, We've been learning how we can use this to communicate with God, right? Uh, We've been studying it. uh, And actually, I'd I'd love it if we could just read it together. We're going to throw it up on the screens. Uh, So if you would, let's read this together. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I hope that as we've been going through this, you can start to internalize that, um, memorize it. Uh, I would encourage you, man, when you wake up in the morning as you're preparing for your day, pray that over your life. Um, just a great way to start your day. And uh, we've been using the, the NIV translation, but I'd actually like to share a different translation with you this morning. And uh, I would be honored to actually pray this over you. So if you're comfortable doing so, I'd invite you just to maybe close your eyes for a moment and just receive this uh, as a prayer over you. This is from the Passion Translation. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. So, so we've been going line through line uh, through this prayer and learning some different ways that God wants us to muni- communicate with us. And in the first week, we talked about God is our father. It starts with our Father in heaven. And so we talked about how our Father in heaven wants to communicate with us. And that's what prayer is. It's just communication with God. And then over the last few weeks, we've learned about different types of prayer. We started with uh, adoration, where we just give uh, praise to God for who he is. We acknowledge the greatness of who he is. And we use that word hallowed, which I describe football fields with because I'm from the South and that's what we do. Uh, and then last week we talked about the word intercession and we, uh, we learned that intersection is all about praying for, uh, on behalf of other people and uh, creating intersections where heaven invades earth. Um, and so this week we're gonna look at the third line of the prayer that says, give us today our daily bread. And this will introduce us to a third type of prayer called petition. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word petition, the first thing that comes to mind is like back in high school, having to get all my friends to sign a piece of paper so I could run for class president. Anybody? Or, or maybe you've signed a petition to have the ginormous speed bump in your neighborhood lowered by like an inch just to make it slightly less dangerous for your car. Or, or like a public campaign to save the white fence on high street. Anyone? <laughs> And those are petitions, but the word petition simply means to ask. And so last week we talked about with intercession, uh, asking on behalf of others, but petition is all about asking on behalf of ourselves. It's all about asking God for the things that we need and want in our life. And, And before I get into that, I just wanna address the stigma that seems to exist. It is not selfish to pray for yourself. I think we as Christians somehow, for some reason, we believe this, but it is not selfish to pray for yourself. In fact, in this Lord's Prayer that Jesus lays out, he commands us to pray for ourselves. So just take a deep breath, relax that out. It's good to ask God for the things that we want and need in our life. It is good, and he wants us to ask. So, Why do we ask? I think that's a valid question. Why do we ask God for things? 
And, and I have just two really simple reasons I'd like to share with you today. Uh, the first one is I believe asking nurtures relationship. When we ask our father for something, it nurtures a relationship with him. Just like uh, when you were a kid and you wanted something, like maybe a piece of candy or a new video game, or I don't know what kids want these days, uh, like you would go to your parents. Or if you're really smart, you would go to that like aunt or uncle that just always said yes, right? Um, I have, uh, many of you know, three little kids and my oldest, uh, my daughter Layla, she loves to come up to Papa, that's me, and ask if we can go on a daddy-daughter date. We do these daddy-daughter dates where we go out, we do really simple stuff. We'll go to like Taco Bell and Rural King. It's awesome. She thinks it's the greatest thing in the world, uh, which I'm glad for because it's a cheap date. But, but she loves these times because um, she gets special one-on-one -on -one time with her dad. And I love these times because I get to just speak truth into her life. I get to like shower her with love and joy. Um, we just get to grow our relationship together. And it's, it's so special. Um, I, I love because uh, I read somewhere this week that undivided attention is the most precious resource on earth. And so these one-on-one -on -one dates, it's all about undivided attention with each other. But these special one-on-one -on -one times with Papa, they're just one of my favorite things that she can ever ask me for. And so I'd like to encourage you with this idea this morning. God, our Father, wants to spend special one-on-one -on -one time with you today. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to talk with you because God is always interested in relationship. Like he's not this far away, um, far away entity, but he's close. He's not indifferent to what's happening in our lives, but he's passionately interested. Scripture tells us that God is actually jealous for us. He wants to know us. He wants to spend time with us. And I think the stories of Jesus show this. There's this, um, there's a story in Luke chapter eight where Jesus is walking through town and there's this massive crowd all around him. I mean, just a huge crowd. Think of, I know it's been like a while, but think of like a big convention or something. Uh, maybe those will be back this summer. We'll see. But uh, as he's walking through this crowd, people are all around him, you know, bumping into each other, whatever. And there's this one woman who's there who shouldn't be there. Because from the time she was a, a young woman, she has had this disease, we don't know exactly what it was, but it caused constant bleeding. I'll let you figure out the rest. But uh, constant bleeding, and this would have labeled her as, uh, in the religious customs of the day, as unclean. She would have not been welcome among people because she could pass on this uncleanliness. So she took a chance this day. She's out in this crowd because she knows, she's heard this Jesus guy, and she thinks maybe he can do something about this disease that has uh, kept her from everyone her entire life. So she takes a chance, she comes up, and she decides, if I can just, if I can just touch this Jesus guy, if I can just touch him, I think, I think something would happen. And long story short, she does. She comes up, and scripture says she just barely brushes the edge of his cloak, like just, just ever so slightly, and instantly she's healed. Now that's incredible, but... I don't think it's the most exciting thing about this story, or the most interesting thing about this story. I think what's more interesting is what actually happens next, because Jesus stops. Um, it wasn't enough that this lady's prayer had been answered for healing. No, 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 no. He stops, because he wants to know more. Scripture says in Luke chapter 8, verse 45, Jesus says, who touched me? 
Now again, there's a lot of people around. And if I'm one of his disciples, I'm probably thinking, who touched you, Jesus? Who didn't touch you? Look around, man. Like, there's all these people. We're bumping into each other. I can't even, like, scratch my back without hitting four other people. And sure enough, like, that's what it says. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Peter's like, I don't want to be a jerk, but who didn't touch you, Jesus? Look around, man. (laughs) But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Like Jesus is like, no, 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 you don't understand. Someone touched me with an intentionality. I wanna know who. So it says, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So this woman comes up, she touches him, she's healed. Her prayer is answered, right? But Jesus doesn't leave it there. Jesus stops because he's interested in relationships. So even though he already knows this woman, he knows her name, he knows her whole life story because he's God, he still stops and he wants to talk to her. He wants to have just the briefest special one-on-one time with her so that she could share her story, so that she could have that connection. I believe that when we ask, when we learn to ask God for daily bread, we're taking that same step towards relationship, towards connection. And that's something God is jealous for. He wants, he's always interested in our relationship. The second thing that asking for uh, daily bread does for us is uh, asking acknowledges dependence. And this is maybe a little touchy because we don't like to feel dependent. In fact, we're rather uh, proud of our independence, aren't we? Uh, my mom loves to share the story of how one of the first things I learned to say as a little boy was, my do, my do. Uh, my do got me into a lot of trouble uh, from baseball bats in the face and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we value our independence though. And yet there are also times when it's really easy to get dependent on someone else. Uh, And we don't necessarily like these times, but say you're driving down the road and you look in your rearview mirror and you see this flashing lights, beautiful flashing lights coming from the cruiser of one of our fine Logansport Police Department officers. You get real dependent real fast. Like you're like, God, please let them be after literally anybody but me, please, right? Come on, I know I'm not the only one there. I think it's really easy for us to feel dependent when something big happens in our life. Those moments where we have literally nothing else we can do. Those moments where, you know, I've got cancer and I don't know what to do and I'm scared. Or those moments where you're like, man, my marriage is in shambles and I feel like I've tried everything and I've got no hope left. When there's nothing left for us to do, it's easy for us to start to feel dependent on others. And don't get me wrong, God wants us to come to him in these big moments. He, he wants us to look to him for miracles and mighty works of God. But I think give us today our daily bread is about something more. I think, I think asking for daily bread forces each of us to recognize that we have this need for a daily dependence on God for the little things in our life, the, the details and the minutia that we go through. A lot of those problems that we often feel like we can solve for ourselves, the, the parent who's just at the end of the rope with their children, 
the employee who feels trapped in that dead-end job, the guy that's driving that beater of a car that you just absolutely hate and you're stuck behind that very special driver who still doesn't know how a roundabout works. I think God wants for us to depend on him for those little things too. When he uses this term daily bread, the disciples, I think, probably would have thought of manna like right away. Uh, Manna is from the story of the Exodus, um, which we looked at back in the fall a little bit and we're actually gonna look at again this summer um, where, where God's people are out in the wilderness and God literally feeds his people every single day with this manna that only lasted a day. Every morning, the Israelites would wake up and they would find this manna bread on the ground. And God told Moses to instruct the people in Exodus 16. It says, this is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, an omer is like a day's worth, for each person you have in your tent. So take a day's worth of this manna for for your family. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, The one who gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. I think this is fascinating. They had to have this daily exercise of going out and collecting the bread they needed for their family for that day. And they did not keep any of it after that. They didn't hoard it up. They didn't put it up in their manna bank. They didn't save some for a rainy day. They just had to depend on God to provide every single day. And I think that's what God wants with us when he asks us to pray for daily prayer. This, this day, uh, for daily bread, rather. He wants this daily dependence. He wants us to depend on him for a daily dose of his grace a daily dose of his love and his goodness. Asking for daily bread every single day renews our sense of dependence in him. And I have to be honest, for me, this is easiest. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easiest when I just am in constant conversation with God throughout my day. When I go throughout my day, just talking to God off and on as if he were standing here next to me. Because he is, by the way. This uh, asking God for help with the little things becomes a force of habit. But I can also tell you that when I don't do this, it can have pretty nasty consequences that are hard to, hard to see for yourself. This past December, as a church, we were really excited to do church differently uh, by doing Christmas differently. And so we created a lot of content. If you followed us on social media, you know that there was just like this overload blitz of stuff coming out, uh, both on social media, digitally, on our website, and also in our in-person gatherings. And um, as the month went on, uh, my wife had to kind of call me out for just really having a bad attitude. Like, it's Christmas time. You seem kind of like you hate what's happening. <laughs> and the, the reason is I just wasn't, I wasn't taking in that daily bread God had for me. I wasn't asking for help just getting through my days, just with physical energy or mental energies. Uh, when Christmas Day finally came around, I was so tired. I was so burnt out that all I wanted to do was sit my fat butt on my spot on the couch, not talk to anybody, including my family, and just like stare at the TV. I couldn't tell you for the life of me if I watched something of consequence, if I like Netflix binge something. I, I, my, my brain was just on autopilot. 
And uh, I'm so thankful for my wife and some of the volunteer leaders on our worship arts team and the rest of our staff team here at church who, who pulled me out of that by giving me a much needed break and um, giving me time just to spend with my family and to, and to really concentrate on my relationship with the Lord. But it was hard in that because I had to depend first on God to help renew my sense of passion and energy but also I depend on others, like just to make sure things happened. <laughs> uh, a big part of my job is making sure Sunday morning happens. And so I had to de- depend on other people to just make Sunday happen. I had to trust that not only were things gonna happen, but they were gonna happen with excellence and um, with uh, intentionality. And I had to just ask God every single day, like, God, renew my passion, renew my energy and renew my trust in others. And I continue to pray that every day. Throughout all of that, fra- uh, all of that, the phrase "better together" it just proved itself to be more and more true. Because when we ask for daily bread and we learn to depend on others, but especially to depend on God, and He provides day to day. But I, I want to pause for just a moment because. Um, I know there's this reality that each and every single one of us faces at some point in your lives, and you might be there right now. So sometimes we bring our petitions to God. You're like, Nate, I'm asking God for stuff, but I'm not hearing anything. Like, it seems like God is missing or he is, just doesn't care. Um, maybe he's gone away. And that can be really, really painful. It can be confusing, it can hurt. And I think we can be honest about that. I know I've certainly been there. But I think that when it comes to this prayer of petition, um, I don't want to give this impression that like all we have to do is come up to God and press like before and boom, the blessing falls down. Like God is not a vending machine. And we all, we all know that. We know that's not how prayer works. But... The thing is, this is not unique to us. As we look through the pages of scripture, alongside these great declarations of faith that we see from people, we also see desperate cries of unanswered prayer. David, who wrote a good chunk of the Psalms and who the Bible calls a man after God's own heart. In Psalm 22, he writes this, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Job, who God himself called a blameless man, a blameless man, and yet this man had to go through incredible and immeasurable loss. In the middle of his greatest misery, he says this, I cry out to you, that's God, for help, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you turn your attention against me. These biblical writers were very honest, and there's others as well, they're very honest about their confusion and the pain that happens with unanswered prayer. And so I, I don't want to tell you today that I have some like magical answer or, or platitude uh, to explain away the hard realities of this world. But let me offer you this one simple truth that I've seen in my own life. God's silence is not the same as his absence. God's silence is not the same as his absence. Like even when it seems like God is not listening or he's not answering our prayers or whatever, he is never, never absent. He has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. And so what I would encourage you, if you're in that time, 
is to think about, rather than asking why, like, why God haven't you answered this prayer? Why haven't I heard from you? Why hasn't this happened? Instead, I would, I would invite you to ask the question, where? Where, God, can I find you in this? Where, God, can I find your truth amidst the lies that are surrounding me? Where, God, can I find your answer? And I think, again, in asking this question, we take an intentional step towards relationship. We acknowledge a need for dependence on his presence every day. So this week, I'd like to challenge you to pray this prayer of petition, to, to each and every day ask God for his daily bread, to ask him for your daily needs. And, and again, don't misunderstand me. It is perfectly fine to continue to ask God for big things as well, for the, for the major concerns in our lives. Just like the bleeding woman came in her suffering to Jesus, let's ask and believe God for miracles. Let's continue to pray that God would save that failing marriage. Let's, let's ask and believe that he's going to bring complete healing to that impossible health situation. Let's pray for mighty miracles of God to happen. But also this week, let's pray for the small things, the incremental things, those daily provisions that it's so easy for us to take for granted. Let's pray for the courage to treat our family with respect and love. Let's pray for the strength to smile when it seems like everything is stacked against us. Let's pray for love to just overflow in our relationships. And let's pray for the grace to clean up yet one more mess that our kids have made. And I think as we pray for these small things, you'll start to see a shift in your perspective. This author and teacher, Pete Gregg, he points out this. When you pray about the small things in life, you get to live with greater gratitude. If you only ever pray about big, ugly, gnarly problems that seem onerous and serious enough to warrant divine intervention, you will only very occasionally experience miracles. But when you learn to pray about trivia, you start to notice how many minor miracles are scattered around the course of an average day. As we ask and see God provide our daily bread, these small yet significant ways that he provides, our faith in him will deepen, our relationship with him will grow, and we can rediscover the childlike wonder of asking, Papa, can we spend some one-on-one -on -one time together? Give us today our daily bread. It's a prayer meant to draw us close to the heart of our Father. A father who is always interested in a relationship and a father on whom we can always depend. So I'd love for you to consider what is, what's a petition prayer that you need to bring to God this week? What is an area of your life that maybe you've stopped asking God for help? What are some daily bread examples that you can be praying for today? And as God brings specific things to your mind, man, take a moment and pray for those things right now. Our prayer room is going to open here in just a minute as we go into a time of singing. And we have folks that would love to pray for you. Or if you're watching online, we would love to pray for you. You can text the word prayer to 574-498-2233. But let's bring our requests, no matter big or small, let's bring those requests to the Father. 
Because I promise you, he's present. He's listening. So let's pray our prayer petition today. God, we know that you are good. God, we know that you are here, that you are not absent or far away. God, we know that you care about the things happening in our life. Just like the bleeding woman, you stopped and you said, who touched me? God, you want to connect with us. You want to show us something new. I believe that every single person watching online or sitting in this room, God, I think you have something special that you want to connect with them about today. So God, would you meet with us? Would you pour out your daily bread upon us? And would you give us the courage and boldness to ask each day for our daily bread? We love you, God, and we thank you. Amen.